Welcome, Welcome to back, everyone. To Half Squats, the one and only podcast dedicated to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. And I am David, and that is Jeffrey, the singing Jeffrey. I'm the bard. singing. I'm gonna. I decided I'm gonna sing through the entire show. The singing bard, yeah. Jeffrey. And how are you, David? Fantastic. On today's show, we are going to be looking at Journal 4 and finishing uh, up Journal 4. Yep. A preview of Journal 11, which we haven't read yet. Wow. And the Winter Offensive Pack, and including a little box art review there. Don't know if we'll get to letters or not tonight. We might want to keep this one shorter, right? Yeah. Probably. So, how are you, Dave? Anything you want to? Well, I I would like to talk about the passing my father as we hinted at last show. Very sorry to hear that. Good experience, congestive heart failure, uh, going downhill, they got him in the hospital um, last Friday, today's the 21st, but we did two shows, so we'll be hearing this a month from now, and amazing, you know, congestive heart failure, the shut the, the heart's going so slowly and poorly, the blood isn't getting to the main organs, Yeah, so everything is shutting down, right? Yeah, and when they throw you on dialysis, oxygen, and whatever else they're pumping through there at the hospital revived enough that we could talk the whole family could get there what a blessing right just amazing whole family there pretty much and uh even had a a cousin coming from st louis to take them to dinner that night shows up of course at the hospital and then we got to go out with them my sister and i and spend that time together and uh you know the nurses said something they said your family is amazing to, to come in here the the way you guys are all so loving, spiritual, together, grieving, yet okay with this. And what a compliment, huh? Yeah. Most yeah. families we see are afraid, worried, unsure of what to do next. Yeah. And, and your family, like every member, seemed to come in just like equipped. And, you know, that is an amazing compliment. And I, I think in a lot of that's owed to my dad and my mom. Yeah. Right? I'm, I am I can only agree with you there. Yeah, for raising us. We're a family that was never afraid to talk about death, talk about our plans for death. You know, my dad was going to be cremated. I've known that for years. Yeah. You know, I'm, I want to wait for the zombie apocalypse. I want to be buried so I can come up, rise up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. My whole family knows that. So I'm right. getting the tombstone. You're going to show up at my door? I'm probably going to be the first place I should yeah. go. Get you. Uh, I'm sure I'll be gone before you I'll Jeff. be the first person to hit you in the head with a machete. <laughs> That'll be my honor. Thanks, Jeff. Um, yeah, and so, and we and we are joking, but um, my dad did pass. And 20, 20th of April, and... Um, he was 84? 384. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and things I learned, one is physically exhausting, Yes. Uh, it seemed to me physically tiring, you know. Um, we all think it's emotionally tiring, right? Yeah. So we had the two days in the hospital, and um, they sent him home on the Monday with hospice. So Adam and I showed up, and I was— Your wa- son. Yes, my son, thank you. I was wise enough to, at one point, realize my dad was repeating, repeating a lot of stuff to me. Finances, do this, take care of your mother, we're going to need this, and, you know, I'll have to show you where everything is at home. I kind of knew, I mean, we talked finances also in the past, but not to this level. And, you know, some quick last will stuff. I mean, we had, had it written up, he had a living will, so he wasn't going to stay on machines, right? And we all knew that. So it's kind of like you go into the situation knowing, yeah. oh, here's this, we were prepared for this. And... Um, I left, I said, oh, I have to go to the, I called Adam over more, like, come and listen to some of this. And then, um, said, uh, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, leaving my oldest son, uh, to have time alone. Hmm. Kind of, you know, forcing my dad to turn and start talking with him more in depth. And, and then Laura called as I was leaving. Oh, I'll be longer. Laura's talking. And then. Uh, came back in and they came and said, okay, it's time to go home to hospice, right? So this is where they set you up to die. Are you familiar with the hospice? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bed, comfort, some medications, and then it was simply a matter of, uh, you know, a day, two. It was, what, a day and a half, Aaron? I think Aaron just showed up here. My other son. And 
I did get a chance to literally um, climb into bed with him, you know, mm. just like when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. So what a gift. Yeah, that's and nice. What an opportunity for everyone to say things. And then, yeah, he passed. So honored of my dad. You ready for a little more Buffalo Trace, yeah. Jeff? Always. That last show. And um, thanks, listeners, for letting me talk about him. But I want to brag on him a little more. So I called the, the – he had a toupee. Did he? Yeah. I, I never met your dad. I have. Oh, that is a shame. Yeah. Actually, I do regret that now that you yeah. say that. And um, cheers to dad. Cheers. Love you. I meant love you, Dad, but I also love you too, Jeff. Love you too, Dave. <laughs> and um, that, so I, the hair, the hairstylist guy called. I'm like, oh, Dad has an appointment next month. I got to cancel it. In fact, I don't think he'll be back. You know, yeah, he's gone. And unless you can get up to heaven <laughs> to do the haircut, and he was like, just, oh man, your dad was the greatest guy. And when the banker came over to cover changing, uh, not the will, but a power of attorney to me for my mom. She's mm-hmm. getting a little bit of short-term memory. Dad said, you have to have this now and do all the fan- finances with her. The banker thrown in the situation in our home with hospice and with dad in bed, had to go in and get him to, dad to sign something. Yeah. And it was so feeble. And we got back to the table and he started choking up. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, well, I, you know, I've lost my dad too but being with a client it's just really in this situation i just feel so bad for you guys you know but the fact that he you know we loved your dad at the bank and then i went to the osco drug i this is after he picked now, now the day after and i went up and said uh i have to my dad has some medicines here i have to he passed away what do i need to do you know we don't need those medicines <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, well, we'll just do this and that. You don't need a death certificate, nothing here, you know, no. And Okay, what's the name? And I said it, and she just turned to me and went, what? Dale? Oh. And she grabbed my hands, Jeff, <laughs> and held them tightly across this counter. Your dad was amazing. Oh. And then as I'm walking out, thank you so much, and I'm walking down the aisle, the other pharmacist lady in a white lab coat comes running up, running up and hugs me in the middle of the <laughs> I'm I'm not talking a little nice hug, a little yeah. you know, hug like you and I do, Jeff, right? Um a deep, deep hug. Like she was trying to hug my father through me, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And oh my gosh, your father, he was the most amazing man and we talked about the Cardinals and I'm a Sox fan, but he's a Cards fan and he was so funny and I just wow. Yeah. Right? That's quite a, le- a legacy. Quite a I legacy. Quite a legacy. We leave behind yeah. us sometimes. We yeah. don't even know. Yeah, he was a pastor. And my other friend, Dwayne Mavis, a pastor, said, you know, he held my dad's hand when he was in the hospital. He said, you know, Dale, you've healed three churches. Healed. This means they would move my dad strategically to places, right? Yeah. To fix them, to heal them. To, yeah. He was that kind of guy. Yeah. So I wanted to say something else. Oh, I got to watch him FaceTime with his brother in Arizona, who's almost 90, 90, yeah, upper 80s. And that was incredibly powerful, watching these two brothers say goodbye. Yeah. I mean, and they loved each other, too. Yeah. So that was just cool. And sorry to bum everybody out. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it does. You know, it's... Yeah, and I'm okay. Hey, hey, folks, what? You learned something. Tell the... It's trite, but tell the people you live with you love them. That's right. right. Yeah. None of us felt regret. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. How do we re- have no regrets. How do we transition, yeah. Jeff? Well, maybe we should go to a Help commercial. All right. Oh, a Ritter Krieg. Let's talk about Ritter Krieg. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. Are you ready to go to Mayhem in Manila? I sure am, Dave. I've got my bags packed. I've got my passport and my hat. Do you have your OBA cards? No, I don't. How would I get some? Why, you'd have to go to Ritterkrieg and order some. Ritterkrieg? I don't know anything about it. Tell me. Well, this is the great online store 
of ASL equipment, ASL wooden gaming products like dice towers, custom-made tabletops, an ammo box map and map case, and all kinds of ASL products. You can order yours today and have it shipped to Mayhem in Manila. I wow, I'm going to get all that stuff. I know what I'll do. I'll tell my wife I can't afford to take her, but I'll take all my Ritter stuff with me. But Jeff, you might be able to take her because a donor has donated our air flight <laughs> to Asia. Sweet. All right, then this is the best thing that could happen. I can take my wife, I can take all my Ritter Krieg equipment, and we're going to Mayhem, Mayhem in, in Manila. Manila. And these OBA cards aren't the crappy kind that we sold on our podcast. No. These are those really cool quality ASL OBA cards. It's a gigantic deck of cards that it, you can use for all of your OBA requirements. All of your OBA requirements. And you know what makes ordering from Ritter Krieg the best? best option for any pre-orders tell me they have free shipping (gasps) impossible take that mmp well that's a beautiful thing so how do we get to uh order this ritter krieg stuff well you simply go to ritterkrieg.com r-i-t-t-e-r-k-r-i-e-g.com i'm heading there right now see you in manila dave see you in manila They're doing good work over there at Ritter Creek. Great job. Keep it up there. Derek, I didn't see you at the Open because I got to the Open. ASL Open, I don't know if you were there. And I set up my first game, and that's when the phone call came. Yeah. Go home and, and you see your dad. Yeah. Go home and see dad now. So that was my ASL Open experience. Congratulations to the winners. We tweeted that out. Whoever that is. I, yeah. Brett Hildebrand. Oh, first okay. Place. Congratulations, Excellent. Brett. And mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Rich or anybody, and I did not go to the ASL Open. I have to confess, I didn't. You know, that was the. it was a beautiful weekend in Chicago, which there hasn't been one since October. And I've just been working very hard, and my wife had had some surgery, and I had to take care of her. Is she all that was good very now? Time. She's all good now, yeah. But it was a lot of, it was very time-consuming was for very... about six weeks. And she was, she had just... And she had just left to go on a weekend retreat somewhere. So I had the house to myself. And it was a beautiful weekend. And I thought, I just, I need a health, mental health weekend. And so I sat out in the sun and I had a few beers and petted my dog and talked to myself and had a very nice weekend. I just needed it. I couldn't make myself go to the ASL Open. So Well, I wish I was more available. You yeah, could, you could pet me instead it. of the dog. Yeah, I could have pet you. <laughs> You make a very nice. You're very pettable, except for the bald head. More of a pat. The male the pattern kind of baldness. Guy. Yeah, yeah. pat the head. You know, kind of thing. Kind of like the Indian the carrier, the Indian pattern carrier. The yeah, male the Indian pattern, pattern carrier. baldness. Baldness. Okay. All righty. Well, last show, Jeffrey. We were doing ASL Journal four, four, which is which is just chock full of stuff. We felt like we couldn't leave anything out so and we're so going to go into bloody omaha jm2 it's a mission it's a solitaire game it's a solitaire game for omaha beach folks yes indeed so grab a partner and then let them go oh you can't because oh it's yes a solitaire game <laughs> yes indeed grab a partner and then break their heart <laughs> you want to play us all oh sorry it's solitaire yeah it's solitaire go back home have the guy come over and then send him home oh i'm sorry i set up a solitaire game yeah by mistake. Yeah. Guess you'll have to leave. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for driving all that way. And then I had the next thing, Tigers on the Sturm. No, I had that. Oh, great. Take it away. Tigers on the Sturm is a, is a very short article about, guess what, this Sturm Tiger. Sturm Tiger. Which I, I have not played with this particular I have. yet, but this is a very cool little device. If you're not familiar with the Sturm Tiger, it was a very late war invention by the Germans, and really designed for uh, blowing up buildings and fortifications and things like that in support of infantry. They they kind of came up with the idea of it after the Battle of Stalingrad, but it took them a little while to come up with it. And this is a magnificent vehicle. I think it's built on a Panzer, you know, just like a Panzer I chassis. And then they put this gigantic 
really it's a it's a short range rocket launcher. It's a is it a mortar, yeah. right? Yes. More of a mor- giant mortar. Well, they, it is a mortar, but it's it was really a rocket launcher. More like a rocket, okay. Yeah. Now, can I, I th- let me go out on a limb and take a risk and say that I believe this vehicle first came out in one of the packets from, darn it, these guys did a lot of scenarios. They had a lot of special scenario rules. You would have hated those. Um Drat, they did March Madness. I bought all their stuff. Wow. Okay, I'll look it up while you talk about really? the Tiger. Go ahead. Yeah. You think? They came up with, a, I think, a preview version of this. They did a lot of counters of some odd German vehicles. But go ahead, sir. Okay. So this has a the magnificent 380, I think it's a 380 millimeter. Yeah, rocket launcher. But, it, you know... It, so that's going to do some serious, serious damage. But you're not going to get a lot of shots off of this thing, so there's a limited ammo on this. And in, in fact, on the, re, on the real Sturm Tiger, there was only room for 14 rounds of ammunition inside the thing. Uh, so it was usually accompanied by an ammo-carrying vehicle or, or a lorry of some kind. Cool. It had a massive front armor. This got an uh, armor front armor factor of 18. The actual vehicle had 6 inches of armor set at a 47 degree angle. So it was pretty hard to defeat this thing front on. On the on the side and rear was a little bit uh, easier. There's no turret on this. I'll just read this particular part here. It says that some of the characteristics of this, as far as ASL goes, it's limited storage, as I mentioned. There's no bounding first fire on this. There's no area fire on this. Consider this like it has AP only. There's no firing in its own hex. I mean, just imagine trying to shoot 380 millimeter rocket launcher in your own hex. There's a plus one die roll modifier versus moving or motion vehicles. This is not a turreted vehicle, you know. So no, you're, it's you're no. Gonna, Take some penalties there. No firing while crew exposed. Part of that is because because this is a rocket launcher, it generates a lot of heat exhaust, and so you don't want to be crew exposed, or you're going to fry everybody. There is a modified version of the near hit, uh, sorry, the near miss direct hit process for bombs versus vehicles on this. The new concepts we had to come up with for this vehicle, including a hitting a different building level. Here he's talking about how they had to do a little bit of uh, combining of some ASL rules so that it's not too different from things they've done before. So it kind of fits into the rules well. So they do this sort of combined version for the near-miss direct hit process for bombs versus vehicles. They had to come up with a process for hitting different building levels for rubble purposes when barely missing the building level targeted, only firing every other player turn. Riders have to bail yeah, that's, out. That's when a the, slow firing yeah, it's just, weapon. Yes. Riders have to bail out when the main armament fires. That's part of that heat exhaust problem that they had with this thing. This last restriction is a reflection. Oh, yeah, it says how, how much heat and gas were exhausted when the main armament rocket was fired. So if you can uh, take a look at this, I would recommend going to something like uh, as mundane as Wikipedia. They've got a very good picture of one of these Sturm Tigers on there. Oh. It's, it's pretty, it's a cute little thing to like look at. You could at. climb right into the gun barrel, right? Yeah, you could. Yes, and shoot yourself <laughs> like a clown out of the cannon. <laughs> And they conclude by saying, uh, once we worked out the bugs and became comfortable with the counter, we had a blast playing with the Sturm Tiger in scenario HS32 a few rounds, which highlights well many of the vehicle's features. There's a fair degree of chrome involved in this vehicle, and our design choices were not only poss- were not the only possible ones to make, but we think we did a good job of balancing playability with simulation. The unique challenges that use the Sturm Tiger... The unique challenges that the use of the Sturm Tiger presents may not be everyone's cup of tea, but we think most players will have fun tooling around in this baby. It gives a good bang for the buck. It sure is a monstrosity. It is. 
Then we've got an article about hit em, called Hit em High or Hit em Low, Some Things About Light Martyrs You Might Like to Know by Simon Spinetti. I like that name. I do too. And really good. This is just kind of an overview of what you can do with a light mortar. Some great little tips and reminders about some of the rules like, for instance, light mortars are support weapons and therefore can be fired by non-crew multi-man counters with no breakdown number and two-hit penalties or covered arc restrictions. Leadership die roll modifier can be used to modify the two-hit die roll. These are some of the advantages they have over their big brother counters. Mortars have rate of fire despite using area target type and even when firing smoke. Yeah, that one I I didn't use for years, but yeah, I'm glad I remember that now. Rate of fire on the smoke. Mortars can fire when the target is not in their line of sight by using a pre-designated spotter. Spotter. Yeah, very, very, very handy, that. Even though they fire as direct fire ordnance, mortars are treated as using indirect fire when resolving fire attacks. Therefore, they receive a negative one TEM for airburst against unarmored targets in woods mm-hmm. or open top vehicles. Never forget that. And their passengers and crew are particularly vulnerable for these airbursts. They use the infantry fire table versus AFE. They have Terrain effect modifiers for walls, hedges, and bocage, and paddy banks lowered by one. That's no one ever plays paddy banks, but no. yes. Not even sure what paddy banks are, but I imagine they're out there in Asia somewhere. And the rice paddies, yes. Yeah. Uh, they can potentially hit targets that are out of line of sight. That is, uh, units in a depression or a lower level building. That's kind of cool. Mm hmm. I like hitting stuff that you can't, can't normally see. Yeah. Uh, as ordnance firing HE, they use a negative one terrain effect modifier versus unarmored targets in Hamada and Bamboo. Those are two words that I don't use very lot, much in yeah. my everyday life, Hamada and Bamboo. But Bamboo is pretty darn fun to say. It is. I like to get bamboozled. Yes, you do. I think we're getting bamboozled <laughs> already. No. No, we're not. Uh, also... These light mortars are not subject to the field of fire covered arc restrictions for firing out of certain terrain like buildings, rubble, and woods where normally you have to define your covered arc and can only fire it out of that covered arc. However, these, you don't have that because they're light mortars. You can move them quickly even in buildings, woods, and rubble. But there are some negatives. I mean, it's not all rosy Mm. playing with these things. They have some negatives. Since mortars use the area target type. Most attacks add the TEM of the target's location to the IFT resolution die roll and are resolved at half firepower. Yeah, it's hard to hit them guys in the building. Isn't it frustrating? Yeah. Keep lobbing away at them. Uh, Use of the area target type also means using a lower modified to hit die roll number than other target types at a short range. Okay. Uh, Mortars can only use area acquisition and which cannot track a target. Correct. Area. You're right. Yeah, it does a space, not an individual thing. That's right. Most light mortars are, in fact, heavy when compared to other support weapons, and they <laughs> weigh in at uh, like four or five portage points. Yeah. So, yeah. You well, know, it's the kind of thing you're probably going to want to abandon at some point, yes. uh, especially as you, if you're retreating or if you're moving forward. You're, you're going <laughs> to. One of the two, when you're moving, especially toward the end there, you're probably going to have to dump these things off. No, you're right. You try in the Russian heavy machine gun, you just yeah. you try going. You just got to like, okay, let them go. Screw this. I have yeah. to keep going. Oh, it's been so good to me, but you got to let it go. Some things you just got to let go. Broken units drop them when they route. Oh, right. Got to do it. Too heavy. They can only fire HE. A few nationalities uh-huh. also get smoke, like the uh, Americans. Japanese yep. and American. Okay. Yeah. And the, the British. And the British in a certain and the Br- year. Blah, 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 blah. British in a certain year. And the Chinese. Never would have guessed Chinese. Yeah. They cannot fire when in certain terrain, like uh, uh, Inside a building. Yep. Because my first game, when I played them, I put them in one. And Wally, remember my friend Wally? He wouldn't let me take it out of there. I'm like, Wally, can I just move it over here then now? No, you should learn the rules. And you'll learn best if you just suffer from... Wally. Well, thanks, Wally. Wally! <laughs> darn you, Wally! <laughs> but you'll remember it better, Dave. Okay, so I never put a mortar in a building again. How about what else, bamboo? Though? You ever put them in bamboo? Uh, yeah, I think well, you, you can shoot out of bamboo. You can't. Why not? What is, it says you can't. Yeah, okay. I've been in bamboo, remember? I told you about going in that bamboo patch. Oh, yes. To go to the bathroom when yeah. I was at that yeah. <laughs> nature center. 
Yeah, you were just being natural. Yeah, it was pretty high and pretty deep, so. Uh, they can't shoot out of crest status in a gully stream. Uh, no, you can't set a mortar up on yeah. a crest line. Uh, no. Yeah, you're like hanging yeah, on the can't side Can't shoot of them a... out of dense jungle. Uh, no, of course not. No. Can't shoot them out of a marsh. They just sink. Uh, it sinks in the water. Okay, I can remember that Can't now. shoot them out of a pillbox. I mean, some of this is pretty obvious. Shallow ocean. Dave, can you shoot a mortar out of shallow ocean? How mm. shallow is it? Yeah, I guess apparently it's a little not that shallow. Uh, moving on, most mortars have a minimum range, usually two or three hexes for light mortars, and therefore kind of uh, fire to Jason, yeah, which is yeah. which I always like. You know, you you move up, you moving you're moving through all this fire when you finally get inside that that ring. It's only a crew shooting yeah. a two shot at you. Yeah. Light mortars cannot use intensive or sustained fire since they are neither guns nor machine guns. Right. Yeah, I've never yeah. tried to do those. Okay. Most have a short barrel and a small caliber. I, You know what? To be honest, Jeff, check me when we're playing. I don't think I use that short barrel in those long you know, modifiers much. Can you help catch? I mean, my opponents have to start to do this. I mean, I don't know. you got to do that, and he goes into some, <clears throat> some depth with this. Uh, talking about yeah, how you got to really check your charts, check your C4 modifications, this C4, that is chart C4, yeah, for these modifications for for ranges. Because if it's in too long a range, suddenly you, certain mortars can't make that shot. We already talked about if it's too short, depending on the, the range of the mortar. But as it gets long, like, for instance, the, the American 60 hits fine at six hexes at five, you know, you need a 7 to hit at 6 hexes. You need a 7 to hit at 12 hexes. You need a 7 hit at 18 hexes. 7 hit at 24. Get to 30 hexes, goes down to a 6. So you got to pay attention. The America, Then there's the American airborne-type mortar. Oh, yeah, that's a, a lighter mortar. Which is a little bit lighter mortar. Smaller range. Doesn't doesn't even hit past 24. Right. Do, uh, sorry, past, no, 18. Eight, past 18. Yeah, yeah. So... He's got a little chart here that shows you. So you need to, you do need to pay attention to those parts of the chart. Make sure you're in range. So he says, he put you know, his numbers funny on that chart though, didn't he? Yeah, it took me a while to figure that out. <laughs> the way they were, the he way stacked they were the one above there. the two for yeah, the twelve. For twelve. He says the reason for I put the info above was to make sure someone doesn't sleaze you when a light mortar attacks you at long range. Verify the right to hit numbers being used at those long ranges. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a couple of, you know, there. you need, really need to read the Chapter H rules for the mortars if you want to know everything about that particular uh, mortar. Yeah, I never do that. Because a lot of times the Chapter H is a little, can be a little funny. Sometimes it's just historical information. Other times it's something it's like really rules. specific yeah. rules to the game. Yeah. And so, for instance, right. like the American M2 60 mortar has this unusual rule where three of these can be exchanged for a radio. <laughs> Yes, I, I remember that, and I've it's never like, done that. It's like, let's make a deal. I'd like to trade in these three mortars for a radio. <laughs> yeah, it can. Or a phone. And for... Now, is that always a go-to kind of thing? I, I don't know. I actually didn't look in Chapter H for this. If Instead, if it's an... Well... S, does it say it's an SSR thing, or it's no, only no, no, during certain... No, 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 it is always a go-to. But okay. I, mean, I mean, when so do you want to got... use this thing? I mean, is it does it always seem more beneficial to have the... Is it a like a? It's a four firepower OBA module. Yeah, you get a radio or a phone and a four firepower OBA module, but doesn't get rid of fires. Yeah, I don't know what what would covers be the a bigger, advantage. Dis- covers of, a bigger area, right? You know, that's true. Yeah. So maybe if you have a a large area, you know they must be coming through there. You might want to do that. Whereas if uh, sometimes you may have uh, different alleys of attack. Avenues of attack. Right. And if your mortar is not likely to split up. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to mention the Japanese Type 8950 mortar fires yeah. smoke and white phosphorus. And the range for that white phosphorus is, is that shorter. Yeah. One to five hexes at less than or equal to two hexes, the rate of fire goes down to one and air bursts are NA. So you get into some little. So you're firing it more directly here. at people than yeah. up through the air and down through the trees. The Chinese Type 2740 mortar, air bursts are NA. Oh, never would have thought of that. But still, it's two firepower through on the IFT. Dinky little thing. Yeah. 
but it's those two shots that always get you. <laughs> right. You know that? So you That's, want you more. Just think I want more Chinese yeah. Type 27 mortars. Yeah. Those big kill stacks do nothing. And then, uh, so he goes on and he says, uh, another tidbit is the potential to damage or even kill an AFE with these little bomb throwers. Yeah, it can, a little bit. As weapons that use indirect fire, light mortars use the IFT to resolve their attacks against AFE, just like OBA. Even a 50-star mortar has yeah, some sure. possibility, albeit a small one, to harm an AFE, even a King Tiger. Yeah. So if there's nothing else to do with the mortar... Fire it in an AFT. Yeah, may as well. The extra beauty of getting a low die roll on the IFT is the effect it will have on other units in the hex that might be hit as well. And it's true. I mean, you. you I tell you, there's nothing. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say there's <laughs> nothing that annoys me more. I should. I won't say that. But it is very annoying when I'm playing ASL and I think I've got a nice piece of equipment somewhere that I think, oh, I don't have a target, or I'm not utilizing. So this. just I hate there. that. Yeah. Aren't you going to fire that? I don't know. I didn't put it in the right spot. There's nothing to fire it at. I hate that. So if you've got a shot, even if it's a small shot, I mean, the only risk you run there, obviously you'd have to roll pretty low to have some effect, and then you're you're risking getting a sniper attack Correct. at you. But again, on that chart, it's like the OBA chart, so you get the minuses for low armor and negs for open-topped, and those yeah. become really good options right. for vehicles to hit. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's it. There's a couple little charts here that that show you some of those things we just talked about, and a very good little article on the light mortar. I think it's a good one to keep handy. And the final article, I think, bolts from above. I read through this and I thought, did you read it? I, I, honestly, I read through this and I thought this is a joke. <laughs> and I thought, did this come out in April? <laughs> honestly, it is a joke. I finally. <laughs> It's not a joke. It's actually in the rule book. No, Light, it's a joke. Lightning. Lightning is in, in the rule book. No, it's a joke. No, it's in the rule book. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You show me. Well. <laughs> uh, I thought I thought this was a joke, uh, but yeah. I went on, I checked the rule book, the online version no. of the rule book that I have access to. It's in there. Really? Yeah. Here, take a look 13. at take a look at the pocket edition ASL rule oh, book. Yeah, what hand, do you see? Hand that over. Let's see. What do you see after rule well, twelve? Yeah, it's on the online version though. What rule? Thirteen, you said? Yeah. Rule no. thirteen. What comes after rule twelve in the in the, in the official rule book? Hold on. Chapter E. Uh, eleven, twelve. No. <laughs> There's no thirteen. Errata. There's no thirteen. No, this is a joke one. Did this they really put it joke. in some electronic rule book? Somewhere? Yes. That's hilarious. But you know, the other ones of these were the Piper. Remember the Piper? We did them in a different journal episode. Yeah, yeah. He was a joke one, and like the dog, the bomb dogs. The bomb dogs. That yeah. was a joke one. And they always appear like in the co- two columns like this, oh, man. and they're always these joke ones. I am the dumbest ASL player. I loved reading this, though, because I thought, wow, this is cool. Yeah, anything particularly stand out to you? Well, I mean, the one thing in... Lightning. <laughs> the, uh, the whole thing. Lightning strike activation number. Uh-huh. Whenever an original die roll of 11 is made, which could have qualified as a sand, during a scenario in which the weather is overcast, condition uh, overcast, a random lightning strike may occur. So then there's the target selection, and I thought, okay, that's fine. Non-targets, you know, buildings in, in uh, sorry, uh, infantry in buildings and pillboxes, okay. They can't be hit. Resolution, I thought, okay, you got to roll a one or something to get a resolution on the thing. And then, this is great, a lightning strike. Then there's the blowback rule. Any newly created half squad is immediately blown back one hex. The blowback rule. I thought, wow, is that cool? They're blown back one hex. <laughs> and the direction is determined by an error die roll. And I love this. A single man counter which survives his wound severity roll is blown back three hexes. And I thought, holy cow, let's see, three three hexes. That's 120 meters. Wow. And then... Uh, <laughs> now, I swore. Due to the single man counter's smaller mass, he will have a trage- trajectory elevation of one level. I thought... Wow, he can be blown one, <laughs> blown up one level. 
And I, then it can fall downhill. And when I looked at this this time, I I swore I saw a rule that said lightning never strikes twice it, in the same that's place. Right. That's but, right. But it, it does say that. Did it say that? It does say that. It no said, hex may ever be struck by lightning more than once. Oh, okay. Mark each hex struck by lightning with a counter. Rule 13.331. Yeah. Okay, but it did say any unit that survives a second lightning strike immediately suffers a berserk result. <laughs> so you could get hit twice if you move from hex to hex. But a hex can't get hit, never strikes twice in the same place. And then you go berserk <laughs> So that get hit twice. And it continues talking about blowback, and it says a unit, you know, blowback, so you're flying through the air. A, a unit landing in woods, building, or crag must take an immediate <laughs> normal morale check when landing in a blaze or non-frozen water obstacle or flooded stream is eliminated. And I thought, wow, that's cool. <laughs> this is the one that almost <laughs> sealed it for me. Prior to landing, a blown back unit may be attacked as an aerial target. <laughs> Subject to a neg one FFFA. First fire, flying through the air modifier. <laughs> and I, th- I saw that and I thought, That's this, made this up. Is... So I checked the online version and that I have. And it was in there. It's in there and it has an errata. It does in this too, down at the bottom oh, does right. does it? Yep. That was part of the comment. Oh, yes, They always publish the errata the with, errata. with oh. the original publication. That was Replace always the FFFA thing. modifier with hazardous movement. And <laughs> Yeah, there were, I'm sure there were more than just those three I remember. But gullible? Can you say well, gullible? And when Am I, first, I gullible? No, but when I first read the dog one, I thought this is for sure real. And the Piper too. I was kind of like, wait a minute now, did they have a comedy thing? And then this is a joke. Or <laughs> I remember the, you telling me about uh, the, the British taking tea time. Yeah, we well the tea breaks. Oh, oh yeah, that's <laughs> in a previous show. That was very early on. That was very early on. And I was very gullible back then. Well, nothing's changed, folks. Well, that's the wrap-up of Journal 4. Very excellent. And now we're off to... What's in the box? We have dice. Dice in the box. You need dice. You need dice. Dice in the box. Battle dice, Jeff. What's your pair? Well, here, look. My pair is the... Uh, Put your shirt down. This is, uh, <laughs> I'm tired of looking at your this pair. This is a a, a uh, gift to us from our wonderful friends at Battle School. And these are the battle dice. Thank you, Chris. And it is the ASL anniversary set for the 30-year anniversary of ASL. 1985-2015. These are the 16-millimeter ball-cornered precision battle die. And I love them. I have the German set. So it's got the iron cross with the swastika in the middle. Wait, we can't use these dice. It has a swastika on it. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> with 1939 on it. Why? I would be the start of the war, I guess. Yeah, I would think. And the ASL... Logo with the German with the uh, binoculars, you know, the classic look. And on the back of that die, it says 1985 to 2015. And the German die, which actually I still have in the package, so we remembered to review them on the show. Now I'm breaking them out. You can open yours, too. Has a rate of fire marking on it. It looks like here, a little two, reminding you that twos and threes could be a rate of fire. Two in a box, three in a box. And to remind you of that. And then the white one is normal. I talked to and Chris. I love these a lot. You know, I'm a big fan of these. I'm sorry. Yeah. I really want to love these. I just don't like the way they don't tinkle in the glass, you know? They don't quite have that tinkle, tinkle, don't tinkle they? sound. No. Yeah. They're they're like more of a heavy, dense plast. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah. They don't. Yeah. Oh, that was on the mic stand. And you you talked to Chris, you did? Yeah, because it, and his goal is to eventually convert the entire rule book to just a series of dice. So you won't <laughs> need the rule book anymore. <laughs> you just have like yeah, five hundred. I, I should have known when you said you talked to Chris Dory. I'm like, no, I don't think you have. No, I haven't really talked to him. Right, lately. but you have the other. Set. I have another set here. And so did you? Did you buy these? 
I said these were a gift to me because I oh, placed a, a order for my personal use. Ah, from Chris Story. And oh. I'm never too humble to say, oh, if you want something reviewed on the show, <laughs> throw it in the box. <laughs> so I guess technically, Jeff, these are, one of nice. these sets is yours, but not this German set. I've got I'm the Order of the Patriotic War set. <laughs> yes. Now these are... It says, it says here, Advanced Squad Leader turned 30 in 2015. Our Order of the Patriotic War pair celebrates this milestone. Stamped on the sixth spot of the white die are the numerals 1985 through 2015. The deuce and tray of the red die feature rate of fire reminders okay, like in mine. gold foil. In gold foil on the red, wise choice. Yeah. I love this is the silver foil. On black, just darn sharp. Oh, you know, the just, white. That's why I'm keeping that set, Jeff. You can have the Russians. It's beautiful. These are very nice. They're very nice die. Yeah. So the gold foil looks good on the red. So it? we encourage everybody to contact Sit Rep and give them all of your money and see what happens. Yeah, you betcha. But I, I mean, I, you know, again, I'm a huge fan of all these dice and this Iron Cross one in the black, just super, super sharp. Yeah. You know. Can I see the Russian one, too? Yeah, sure. Oh, it says something in Russian. I'm going to have my uh, students at school read that for me. Slava Bogu, Svodnya Pyatnitsa. Oh, Dostoevsky. Yeah. How do they work? Nice. Oh, they're rolling beautiful. There's a three on the, on the Russians. Nice, sharp, sharp, sharp. Very nice. Thanks, Chris, for sending those out. So, Jeffrey. And so, what do we have now? We've got something else in the box? What's also. Oh, also. In the box. Oh, Winter Offensive Bonus Pack 7. Oh, it's the Winter Offensive. Now, the good thing about these Winter Offensive Bonus Packs are well, one, the. uh, Oh, I hope they quit giving the money to that Wounded Warrior Project. Why? Because they're like all corrupt. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Wounded Warrior was having like massive parties for all the employees, full jet setting around the country. Yeah, these are the people who should go to jail, right? Yeah. Now, it doesn't say where the proceeds went on this normal little yellow sheet of paper saying we hope that this has a front cover sheet, two maps, three scenarios, and thank you. Does it, um, can I see the back cover i'm just i just can't believe did you not know that you about know, wounded warrior? no i didn't know you know what folks if you're a jerk yeah look 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 if you're look, a jerk look where the money goes stop now stop being a jerk yeah stop being a jerk why do you need that kind of money let's i don't just, jet set around the world jeff does not jet set around the world let's just and who's happier than jeff and i let's just stop being jerks really oh i'm sorry did i say something jerky, no <laughs> what's it say I on the bottom of that front people. cover all sales benefit the World War II Foundation. There. So screw you. Well, this yeah. is kind of rough to say the heck with you, Wounded Warrior Project, because some of the proceeds went to the Wounded Warriors. I'm sure they did. But, folks, did. when you give to charities, they have websites that you can look them up, and you can find out what percentage goes to them. And there are some that are very, very reputable. Well, I mean, you yes. believe everything you read on the web? No, I don't know how no, you... No, these are... In the, yes. No, Jeff, you can. I swear you can. I've seen them verified by multiple sources. Okay. Well, yes. check multiple. I think yes. that's the key is check multiple sources. Right, right. It's very simple. They, you know, and um, now I don't know if wounded, well, see, they could be misrepresenting themselves too. Like, but I think they, they I, I, I'm going to say it's trustworthy. Okay. And they With this run World right War down. II foundation um, that's, trustworthy. I'm going to bet, well, I'll check it later, compare that to Wounded Warrior, see how much, much of the it's money It's .org, it must be. <laughs> Got to be, but what does wounded? But what does uh, the World War II Foundation do with this money? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Museums? Oh, yeah, I don't. I, that's a good question. I don't know. This is the question. Is, cover would you rather this. help a wounded warrior at fifty percent of your dollar, or build a museum at 80 percent of your dollar? I don't know. Is it time for box art review? Try not to put me on the spot, Dave. All right. <laughs> is that a box art review? It is. We'll do it later. Oh, okay. And I have scenario. What do you have? Uh, boards? Oh, I did. I handed you my scenarios. <laughs> okay. I've got, yeah, I've got a couple of boards. Let's go over the boards first. I'll I take have board one. 74. 74. So this is a board. Lots of woods, uh, you know, jungle 
Jungle and light jungle in that case. Mm -hmm. And marsh and orchards and Mm -hmm. lots of little... Clumpy. Clumpy little... Oh, we always get that wrong. Is that... The, the, that's the swamp marsh, not the brush. Remember, we screwed that up one that's time. That's right. Yeah. Unbelievable. We are the worst people to have this yeah. podcast. Yeah. We should not be allowed to do this. <laughs> but look, there's little ponds all over that. Yeah, thing. little ponds. It's very segmented. So you could like dart between terrain types. But if that's marsh, that's going to really. I've never seen so much marsh in my life. Yeah, I mean, this is a very. It's it's not like it's all dense jungle, like something like oh, uh, no. Edson, the Edson's Ridge uh, Operation Watchtower. Oh, historical map? All just one in there? Yeah. I want to play like those two Jungle, still, jungle, yeah, jungle, yeah. jungle. So this is jungle. Lot, spots of jungle, heavy jungle, light jungle, marsh, swamp. Yeah, there's even one hex jungles, ponds. two hex jungles yeah. all over. With some now, it's not there. necessarily the Pacific, right? So it could be... Not necessarily. No. Right. But it looks designed that way. Yeah. And I have uh, map board 75, which, you know, again, just when you think you've seen all the maps you can see, occasionally we get one that looks a bit different like the one you have. Whereas mine is similar to some other woods boards. It's got massive woods running all along uh, one edge of it, though. That's a little bit of a difference. And a ton of uh, orchard or palm tree out to the other side. So... Yeah, it's got the paths, some roads, and so I don't know. It's it. I don't think there are a lot of woods boards with that much woods on them. So maybe we do need this one too. And that's the two boards that come with it. Scenarios. Scenarios. I have uh, through the dragon's teeth by Bill Sisler. Takes place in New Georgia, July of nineteen forty-three. Elements of the Japanese army. Facing the Americans, and this is a pretty short six and a half turns, but uses a lot of boards. Uses three different boards, 74, 38, and 62. And victory conditions, the Americans win a game end by controlling all the hut hexes. Always, I always like those, going after the huts. And those can set on fire easily, remember? We've been talking about that lately. And, uh, you know, just a very light contingent of infantry. The Japanese are... Defending, obviously, and they only have six squads, but they have a couple of nice artillery pieces, 140L, two of those, and a couple of those 12.7 anti-aircraft guns, which I like because they have that low rate of that, that high rate of fire of three. And the Americans have 13 Marine squads going against them, and and several of these light mortars that we just talked about and uh, finished up with this last episode. Yeah. And then on the flip side, Sealing Their Fate, which takes place in Poland, 1945. Germans against the Russians. Very, very light contingency on both sides. Just two Russian 658, uh, sorry, German 658 squads and five 447s against about six Russian squads. Uh, Sorry, I take that back. Ten Russian squads. Using boards 75 and 72. So, and what do we have here? 75, 75 I have. yeah. So, that's one of yours. What, yeah, so that's the one so with all the use woods that one. Yeah. and the orchard. Used in Poland, and then the Germans have a, looks like a Panzer IV, and the Germans, uh, sorry, and the Russians have a couple of their, can't quite read this, which AFPs those are. Sorry. That's okay. We don't need that much detail yeah. on this quick look at the winter offensive pack. Russians may use cloaking as if the scenario attacker at night. Which is kind of interesting on that one. Oh, yeah, because actually more Fog of Wars, I think, is can be good. Yeah, can be fun. good. I have WO-18, which is a quick strike. Munda Airfield, which is in New Georgia in the Pacific, 1943. Bill Sizzler is a designer. We should talk to that guy, too. Let's get an interview with, weren't there two Sizzlers? Brothers, I think. Uh, could be. And it uses both the boards come with a pack. So a nice job making us utilize those. And you get some four pillboxes, two trenches for the Japanese defending, about seven squads again, six and a half turns. Um, Americans coming on. And the Americans need to amass the uh, 16 or more victory points by exiting and for controlling the pillboxes. 
and eliminating them. I kind of like those where you're driven to take out a certain uh, pillbox. Those are always fun. And um, uh, PTO, as we guessed on some of those boards. Mm -hmm. So that's it. The three scenarios, yeah. the two boards. Nice, that's quick the winter pack. offensive. Winter offensive pack. And of course, that means it's time for letters. And Jeff, do you have a letter? We always like to take care of this business. I have a letter. Somebody left a message through our contact form on our website. This is Stephen Banks writing and saying, How far south did your t-shirts make it from the equator? I stated before I'm going to the Philippines. I'm thinking the MacArthur Memorial in Tacloban on Leyte, Philippines, in the Central Islands. I would like a reprint of the Two Half Squads t-shirt. Oh, Probably not going to happen until the hats are gone. So, boys and girls, you want to help us get the T-shirts reprinted, you're going to have to buy the hats. Make a donation <laughs> oh, for... We're holding them for... It, it's kind of like ransom. Was it like 20 bucks? Yeah, it was 20 bucks. For hats? Yeah, yeah 20 bucks donation. That includes your shipping. Yeah. We, we need the money. We're running low. We got bills to pay. So, order your hat today, boys and girls. So, he just goes on. He says, you know... It, the uh, Aussies would really have a, and the Kiwis would have a real advantage if they, yeah, they were would. meeting this criteria. But you know, I don't think we sent any shirts down there, did we? I don't think so. It's real bad shipping costs. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. A normal deck of OBA cards with two half squads logo. Oh yeah, would OBA be good. Cards. Okay, as always, please continue the great service you continue to provide. Oh, thank you. Miss some of the tactical strategies available. Not well, sure what he's saying that's there. coming. We just did some of that in the last show, reading a journal, covering more of the tactics. Your past podcast showing how a weaker Sherman force could take out a Panther was a lesson well explained. Oh, as that far was as t-shirts rich, are concerned. Spilky. Is there anything your audience can do to put your toes back in? Well, we just talked about yeah. that. Do it MMP style. Get enough pre-orders and no. then manufacture and ship. That's a good idea. Maybe let's do so a P five hundred on T shirts. Yeah, because now we're we got the hats. We're yeah. <laughs> which I I don't think there's about a dozen hats. Hats. So left. maybe we should have done a pre order. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. Because everything else sold pretty quickly. Yeah. And I have a, a letter from Dennis Donovan. Of course, he's uh, telling everybody Sunday, May 29th, nine a.m. to ten p.m. He submitted an entry for the ASL tournament at Kublai Khan. This theme is late war, um, late war since World War II ended 70 years ago. Uh, two rounds, uh, and you have a choice of three scenarios for each round. So it looks like if you go to Kublai Khan, which is not, I think I think that's a, just a gaming convention, not just ASL. Yeah, I think Dennis that's right. is running the ASL there ah. at Kublai Khan. Hope this gets aired before the event in late May. Um, round one, nine to three. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., round 2, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Wow, he gives you a lot of time to play those scenarios. He doesn't rush you through a three-hour game. So thank you, Dennis. Hopefully that will go well for you. Here's a letter from Simon Miller who says, You guys make me happy. I don't have a clue what you're talking about half the time, but I love the mystery. Keep on rocking. Thanks, Simon. Thank you very much, Simon. And Dan Dolan chimes in again. He says, I used to coach soccer, baseball, and basketball when his youths was young. Method of drafting a team was the same for all sports. He hung out near the top, near the drop-off in the parking lot, marking my draft not with the premier athletes, but by the hotness of the mother or older sister. And he would draft his players based on how good their moms looked. That's as good a criteria as any. I think that's really... <laughs> Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah. Uh, do you have one, Jeff? I have one from DJ Peterson, I think it is, and he didn't really leave his name on here, who was uh, left a comment on way back on 129 where we interviewed with uh, Ken Knott. He says, great interview with Ken. I appreciate the blow-by-blow blow on play-by-email vassal. So many posts stop after the installation details, but I could not help but wonder how play-by-email game with Ken that was proposed at the end of the interview went. How did it go? Well, I, I hate to say. I oh. only Yeah, Jeff. I played like one that? turn. I, I couldn't get into it. I just couldn't make myself get into it. I don't even know why. I'm a, <laughs> a failure. 
But Ken was very gracious and said, don't worry about it, Jeff. I will only hate you until the end of the millennium. That's till the year 3000. And we did get notified by David Pentland, and we know, we uh, promoted in the tweets his book on tanks, Century of Tanks. It yes. did meet its goal, and I believe, well, now this will air in May. It may not it may not be available still for pre-order, but uh, uh, David did send an update saying the book was going to be still extended on pre-order. If you'd like to get Pentland's book, Tanks, go ahead, please, and... Uh, Contact him to see if you can get the cheaper price. Yeah. Like to say that the Two Half Squads is brought to you by donations from people like Joe R. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I remember. The old man left an, a comment on our episode 157, Bing Bang Bong. He says, don't leave background music play for the entire segment, oh. <laughs> like this week's letters. It's distracting. Well, don't do it. Yeah, but it it seems to me to add so much, Jeff, yeah, to the ambiance. No, it's a personal preference. So we appreciate your comment, and, and we you will, will notice on the last two shows here, no music, no music at all, no music at all, in honor of your of your yeah, request. That's because we're recording in a different location. This time we don't have our usual <laughs> quite rig here set up, and I do have one from Alan Hume again. Poland in flames, pretty good. He says, of course, he can't afford to buy the stuff himself. Well, that is a problem, but he discovered the other podcast, and that's called what Jeff? Our other podcast. <laughs> Just Spine needs to go to bed. Spine and sprocket. That is a really good podcast, by the way. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed listening to it. So we'll kick out a promo for our other podcast, Spine and Sprocket. Yeah, yeah we cover all kinds of topics, about half the things so far about World War II, but, um, or war, and uh, but also fantasy, um, make it into sci-fi, or, and give it a listen. We have a variety yeah, of it's guests. A, it's eclectic. It is eclectic. And epileptic. Yeah. And... Uh, um, Alan also says that Jackson Quan may be dropping by over there to uh, his Scotland. Don't know if that happened yet, but so yeah, glad you enjoyed the other podcast, Alan. Is that about it, Jeff? Good to know. We've got. Do you want me to read this one from Rick about armored cupolas? Yes, go ahead. Rick N writes and says. Thanks for continuing to produce the best podcast on the web, dedicated Ooh. 100% to the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. Wow, we're the only podcast. I like all the segments of your podcast, and I've had to suppress laughing out loud at your banter while listening on earbuds while in public. I wanted to point out that the armored cupolas on the Poland in Flames counter sheet, counter sheet are used on the top four corners of the big building in scenario BFP 109 training day. This scenario also features the German bridge layers, which are oh. unable to cross the stream, the trenches, or the anti-tank ditches in that same scenario. So it was quite an experience playing this scenario. I find these big games to be sort of like playing two or three smaller scenarios at the same time. It was great fun. Thanks for many enjoyable listening hours. Yeah, and the, those tank lane things, are, there's a variety of really odd vehicles there. And I, I had played a couple scenarios with those, and... um. I thought it was worth reading the rules and figure out how to lay like the fascines, you know, into the into the trenches and things. Fascine. So, fascines. So we'll hold off on the rest of the letters till next time, Jeff. Yes, I think we will. All we'll right. Wrap this show up. Make this a shorter one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Next yeah, we show, still need to do an, Journal Eleven. Got an interview coming up. Oh, we do. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff. Yes. Planned for the near future, and hopefully we'll get some ASL in. Yes, some actual gaming, and I'm looking forward to getting back into it now that my big projects are done. Yeah, and now that my uh, paperwork with mom has also been boy, I spent the first day after dad's funeral with mom just doing paperwork the whole oh, day, yeah. Jeff. It was like, yeah. contact these, contact those, get this, get that. Yeah. You know what I really noticed though too, the networking of the whole world. It was bizarre. It's just sitting in that house with my mom. You know, I could 
look at this paper. Oh, call this insurance company. Okay, no, they say contact this. Okay, good. Then the package arrives in the mail. We don't want this pack. Contact the company. Okay, you need to contact these people over at the hospital. All right, we contact them. Okay, sorry we shipped that. Sorry he passed. We're going to have that picked up. Okay, boom. Then we get a phone call. Guy says, air conditioning cleaning. I say, no, don't bother us, okay? And he says, oh, your dad already paid for all this. Sorry to hear he passed. Oh, in that case, come on by. Yeah. Guy, be there. Guy, another guy will call you. Okay, he calls. Can I come by it too? Yeah, you can buy it too. Meanwhile, guy arrives. Hi, I'm from the co- company to retake the bed from the hospice. Oh, great. Sign here. Boom. Okay, can you email these guys? Boom, boom. Yeah. And we, like, I don't know. I got this really crazy sense of the whole world. Like, every, everybody has their little job things, and they're yeah. all flying around oh you want to contact customer service okay boom contact them all right sir how can i help you and you know and mostly everyone was really friendly and wonderful oh that's nice so, to know. let's end on that positive yeah. note that's a good positive note to end on thanks everybody and we hope thanks you will listening. be pod- positive and not be jerks <laughs> be nice to the world <laughs> and we'll look forward to visiting with you next time yes. on the two half squads remember to roll low And rally well. But not not when when you're you're playing playing us. us. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.